everybody, and welcome to our neurodiverse world. I am your host, Randy Lee Bozlaw. Today on the show, we have Molly Foss with us. Hi. Hello. How Hi. are you? I'm great. Excellent. And where are you visiting from? I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Excellent. How's the weather there today? Uh, not bad, actually. It's a little more chilly than I'm used to, but I think it's going to get like 90s this week. So Okay, well, that's all right. Then that's all right. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about who Molly is. Uh, well, I, I'm a nurse. Um, that's my career. I'm a mom. I have one six-and-a-half-year-old little boy. I love going camping and doing a lot of outdoor stuff, and I have a website that I founded, uh, campingcritters.com, to help people who are new to camping with kids go and be successful with camping. Um, and I, I say I've had ADHD my whole life, but I was diagnosed finally formally when I was about 27. So, yeah. about that everybody that was the weirdest thing ever um bali are you still with us yeah I think, oh there you are i was just i was here and then my screen just went blue and it was like error on it said a bunch of words i all i caught was error and i was like <laughs> what just happened um you're back so i caught you are a nurse you have a six and a half year old um kid you founded the website and yep. to help new campers. That's how, that's how much I got. Okay. Yeah. Uh, campingcritters.com for uh, families who are new to camping with kids and want to go out and be successful at it. And I am a human who has ADHD and I officially got diagnosed when I was about 27. Wow. Okay. So how did you go about, or before we say it, how, why did you go about about getting that diagnosis? Uh, my first job, uh, straight out of uh, high school, I kind of thought I wanted to be a nurse and also was really intimidated by the idea of four more years, especially of nursing school, because I heard it was really hard. So the other thing I was decently good at was mechanical drafting. So I got a two-year degree in mechanical drafting, and it went about as well as high school, which means I either got A's in my classes or D's in my classes, but I got the degree. Um, about five years into having 
what I call a desk job where I was expected to go to work and focus on a computer screen eight hours at a time, just do your thing over and over and over again. Um, my yearly reviews from my bosses were starting to look like my third grade report card. Like Molly needs to stay at her own desk and not bother other workers so much. And I was talking to my husband one day about how frustrating that was and how anxiety inducing that was and how I didn't even want to go to work on Monday because I was just thinking about all the stuff that I'd promised people I was going to do. And it was sitting there over the weekend just waiting for me. And he said, you know, when I met you, I always thought you were going to be a nurse. I said, yeah, I know. I just bust out. He's like, yeah, why didn't you do that? And I was like, well, why don't I? I could still do that. So I applied, got into nursing school. And then as a lot of nurses do, I self-diagnosed myself. Um, <laughs> all the ADHD stuff we were learning about really resonated. I also had a person in my class who was newly diagnosed and he was telling me about the process of it. And I was like, this seriously is something I've thought that I've had since I learned it was a thing. So I just never got formally diagnosed. I was born in the 80s, you know, mm. the overdiagnose of some kids and the underdiagnose of other people was kind of a thing that was happening. So yes. I finally took myself into the doctor. I was like, if I don't get this figured out, I'm A, probably not going to pass nursing school and B, if I have to stay at this desk job, I, I will not make it. I will get fired. Um, I was honestly a contractor for most of that. So I would oh, okay. for a year and then go somewhere else for a year. So by the time I think I felt like some of the bosses were getting really annoyed with me, I would want to go somewhere else. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's kind of good. It was, it's just, it's not a way to build a career no. level of trust or experience kind of job hopping about five jobs in seven years. So yeah. It was okay. great. And then I finally went to the doctor and said, okay, like, you've got to help me. Like, I find myself annoying and I can't imagine how it is for other people. So I really think we got to get a handle on this. <laughs> so what what about yourself did you find annoying? Um, uh, There are definitely certain situations where I cannot stop talking, um, where I don't want to be interrupting things and distracting other people but i literally cannot help it like you go to a a party where everyone's like making a craft or doing a thing or a paint night or whatever and like everybody's doing their thing and i'm just like socializing and distracting everybody and i know that's you know kind of fun but also like not the greatest so not what everyone's there for right and yeah so it's that kind of stuff that even though i can read the social cues and i understand that i should like tone it down i'm not always physically able to do so okay all right and so for those that are listening they're like hmm, i wonder not that we're doctors we're not i mean you're a nurse which is a lot closer than i am i'm but just definitely people. not a doctor <laughs> um but what are some of the key kind of um what is the word I'm looking for? Like the key characteristics that you maybe noticed in yourself and that's why you self-diagnosed. Uh, I would say the, um, it's ever present. Like everyone's seen the memes and read the jokes and like, oh yeah, I lost my car keys that once. And, oh yeah, I like forget to do this or whatever. But for people with actual ADHD, it is every single hour of every day. 
It's not just, oh, remember that one time last week I walked into a room and couldn't remember what I was doing. It literally rules my whole day. I have to write myself so many notes. I have to set so many timers and alarms. It's constant, ever-present, the forgetfulness, the inattentive where someone is talking to me. I swear I'm paying attention. And then I say, okay, good. And they leave. And I'm like, I have no idea what they just said. That happens to me very frequently. And I started really, really noticing that I, like, I always knew I did it, but I was starting to notice how much I was doing it when my husband would be like, okay, are you going to go do that thing I just asked you to do? And you just agreed to do that thing. So then I started going, because I could recognize it, it took a long time. This is, this is like maybe a year and a half ago. All right. This is not, this is not been that long it's a new revelation and so I started he would talk to me and be like uh-huh okay yep sure actually I didn't hear a word you just said I don't know what's mm -hmm. happening right now and I started to admit it but for the longest time I didn't want to admit that I had no idea I was like yeah no sure yeah it's really hard or the um finding I was um almost constantly lying about having done something that I was then going to intend to just like sneaky hurry up and do behind the scenes, which obviously spoiler that never works. I did it with my homework yeah. all throughout elementary school. Like, Oh, I'm not going to do it tonight. I'll tell my parents I did it. And then I'll just get up early and do it tomorrow. <laughs> you will not, you will not get up early. You will not get up early, do your homework. You will not get up early and go get gas before you go to work. Spoiler. It won't happen. It is every single time I need to get gas. It's not just like once, oh yeah, I totally ran my gas tank low. It is every absolute single time. So when I need to get gas, I go, honey, I need <laughs> gas. And he's like, are you serious right now? Like, do you have enough for tomorrow? No. <laughs> then I usually end up taking his car so he can take mine to put gas in. It's to the point where, yeah, if we go anywhere and we can't drive my husband's vehicle, he drives a truck. So if we're going somewhere, we got to do some tight parking or something. He's like, can we take your car? Or are you out of gas again? Because like every time we get into my car, I'm like, ooh, we got to get gas because we got to. So even though he like tries to get us out of the house on time, I still find a way to make us late. So I'm like, no, we have to get gas or we're not going to make it to this thing like 20 miles away. Right. Yeah. I, I feel you on that one. We just we don't take my car anymore. Yeah, no, he just, he knows to suspect that every time he gets in my car, he will need to put gas in it. Or if I have been driving his car, he will need to put gas in it. <laughs> yeah, I try not to take the truck. It takes like 30 minutes to fill that tank and I can't stand doing that. So yes. yeah, mm, I feel you. Um, so once somebody recognizes maybe, hey, maybe I think that I should talk to a doctor and, and look into this a little bit more, what's what's kind of your suggestion on how they approach that? Um, yeah, I have an interesting perspective on this as a nurse, and I'll say it is very, very frustrating, but you have to play the game and sometimes even maybe act a little stupid and... I do this in my everyday life as a nurse when I'm interacting with doctors, because if I just come up with like, hey, I think my patient needs this thing, a lot of doctors resist my idea and want to think of their own idea. So they'll do the opposite of what I want. So mm -hmm. I have to just tell them, this is what's happening with my patient or myself. What do you think we should do about it? So I would say don't, don't ever, hardly ever 
show up at a doctor's office and say, I think I have this thing and I want this medication for it. It it sounds very weird. You're obviously just using Dr. Google. So don't, you know, come in admitting that you're doing that. I would just say something like, hey, I have a lot of concerns about, you know, these four symptoms and it seems like they could be related to ADHD. What do you think? And kind of start the conversation that way instead of just sitting down and being like, I totally have ADHD and I need meds for it. You got to start a conversation. They're going to go through a lot of tests and questionnaires to make sure that you're not faking. I remember I had a questionnaire that I had to fill out and I think I had to have my husband fill it out, which was terrifying. (laughs) But it's important to make sure that I'm not just completely self-diagnosing and I'm just being too harsh on myself and that it is affecting more areas than like home. I think the criteria is like, it's got to affect school, home life, work, like two of the three, that kind of thing. And since I didn't want to give one of those questionnaires to my boss, I had to give it to my husband. So yes, I remember when my kid was going through that process and I had to give one to the teacher. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's a process. It's a conversation. You're not going to walk out day one with a diagnosis. Um, I would just tell everybody you're, going to be nervous. And unfortunately, you're probably going to feel stupid. I felt really stupid. It is hard to sit down at a doctor's office. It's easy to say, oh, my foot hurts. It's not that easy to say like, hey, my my brain is like not firing on all cylinders. And it often like straight up lies to me. And that's not cool. Yeah. So it, you, it's hard to make a list of like, well, I can't stop talking. I'm always late. I never turn in my homework. You're just making a list of your bad qualities for someone. And it's really nerve-wracking and emotionally draining, but it's important to be honest and tell them the symptoms that you have and see what it is. Because a lot of these disorders and things, they overlap, they hide in one another. So I did know someone that they thought their husband had depression and anxiety and they took meds and it kind of helped. But then with further testing, they realized he actually had ADHD and he just had depression from not getting anything done like he wanted to do and anxiety from all the things that he hadn't gotten done that he wanted to do. And once he was on the correct medication, then everything clicked. So it's kind of one of those things like, do you have the depression because you can't get things done because the ADHD or do you think you have ADHD and it's really causing depression is something completely else. You're not getting things done because you're depressed. It's a whole chicken and an egg and sometimes it's hard to figure out but yeah just and yeah be honest with your doctor yeah i think um kind of along the same lines as that story is that sometimes it takes trying a medication to kind of rule something out so when my yep. kid was first diagnosed way back when they did start with adhd and put him on adhd meds who it made things worse so much worse uh so they switched that they tried a different adhd med Still didn't work. So long story short, um, he ended up being diagnosed with autism because, again, they very much overlap. Yep. But the only way to for the doctor to feel, I guess, to feel confident in ruling out the ADHD and more putting it to autism was for us to go through that trial period of the ADHD medication. Yep. Yeah, it's frustrating. And it. I think it took me... I don't know, maybe five months to officially, I think, have a prescription for medication, go through several tests. One was incredibly long. And I joked with the doctor like, okay, so the 
test is if I can finish 250 questions in a row, I don't have ADHD. Is that the actual test? Huh. So it, <laughs> it was a lot, but I got there. Okay. Um, now with that talk of medication, do you take ADHD medication? I do. I take Adderall. It was actually one of the first medications that I tried and I lucked out that it works for me. I do oh, good. sometimes ponder if there's, cause there's so many options now, if a different medication would be better, but I kind of want to like, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of a thing. Right. So, yes. Hard to yeah. say. Yeah. I always just like to mention whenever the topic medication comes out is that it can take time. You might have to try more than one and don't be scared to tell your doctor, um, this is not working. Yep. Yeah. I had a, a dose. I was working 12 hour shifts at one point, which, you know, the immediate release medications are not going to last me a 12 hour shift. So I had asked if we could increase the dose and we did. And the next thing I know, I'm calling my doctor's office and she was on a vacation. I had to go see another guy. And I was like, you, I am up till three in the morning with this stuff. You've got to help me. I'm cutting them in half. We can't, we can't do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of playing around to figure out what's going to work best. Yep. Right. I, I know some people who take like a half, like half their dosage out in the morning, then another half their dosage in the afternoon. So don't be scared to talk to your doctor and really tell them, hey, this is how I'm feeling when I take it. Um, and then, you know, four hours later, this is how I'm feeling and it's not working. Some, something yep. is not lining up here. Yep. Yep. You got to dial it in trial and error and everybody's completely different. So what works for one person doesn't work for the other person. And as frustrating as that is, because there are days of just like, I don't want to have to take my medication to be like normal it's infuriating but also like if my leg was broken i wouldn't be sitting there like i don't want to wear a cast to walk again like that'd just be dumb so right and i think <laughs> i think that's where we have to really start setting our minds too right is that just because we can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't need help yep and it's, it's tricky yeah it's definitely come a long way though for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, I was honestly at that point, um, I don't remember what year it was, probably 2008-ish when I got my diagnosis. I remember asking one of the therapists I had seen, I said, I'm in nursing school. Are they going to give me a nursing license if I have, you know, ADHD and medications in my system? And she honestly didn't know. And she looked into it and she's like, no, I think you'll be okay. And then I actually get a job in a hospital and I realize the hospital would not run without people with ADHD. <laughs> ER would be non-existent. We'd have no ER. We'd have no night shift. We've had no paramedics. We'd have like half the hospital would be gone. So it's honestly, sometimes in emergency medicine, especially and nursing in general, uh, it's a benefit for some of us to have different sleep schedules and different ways that our brain work. And I like that you bring that up because this show isn't just about talking about um, what, what neurodiversity and things that we have, but how we are awesome and can be awesome in the world. And nursing, you know, you just, just said it, you, you would lose half the hospital without... At least half yeah. and the entire night shift. Yeah. It's, it's all about how that brain thinks differently and different people can contribute in such interesting ways. Mm -hmm. So how long have you been a nurse now? Um, thir 13 years. Oh, 
okay. And you still love it? Yeah, I do. It's um, it's different every day. My one thing that I said back then when I said, you know, why didn't I become a nurse? I was like, I really need a job where I get paid to talk to people. So that was kind of my thing. Like, yeah, if I'm a nurse, I literally have to go like room to room and see people and talk to them and find out how they're doing and, you know, kind of yeah. gab about their day and then do some important things. But like, it's a lot of movement. It's some computer work. It's some interacting with humans. It's a lot of problem solving. It's a lot of quick thinking, thinking on your feet. Um, it was interesting. I have another coworker that I know she is ADHD and she was frustrated because in the middle of an emergency situation, I find that she can, like I can sometimes see the whole picture almost in slow motion where other people are dealing like one step at a time. So other people in the room are trying to do one step at a time and she's trying to combine two or three steps. Well, let's do this while we do this quick. And she, other people are like, no, we have to do this and then this and then this. And she didn't argue because you just got to get through it and help the person. But she's just like, Molly, they just wouldn't see it. They just wouldn't listen. I said, well, that's because you and I can see the whole thing happening at once. Other people are seeing it one literal step at a time. We are seeing yeah. it different. Yeah. And it's such a valid point that there is always more than one way to see a situation. And neither are bad. Like, no mm -hmm. way is bad. They're just different. Yep. It's it's fascinating. I mean, there was one night shift that we realized five out of the seven of us on that night shift uh, had Adderall prescriptions. So that was <laughs> kind of hilarious. But yeah, I would often be at the hospital um, when we had an education day and everybody had to go to this education meeting for 45 minutes. I had a 12 hour shift where every hour I was a different nurse. I would take this person's slot. I would take that person's slot. I would take that person's oh, wow. slot. I was one of the few people that they assigned to do it because there are other nurses that just like I have to be a new person and meet new people every hour. I can't switch that many times. And I'm just like, all right, what are we doing? Okay, now we're not doing that. Well, what are we doing over here? Okay, now we're not doing that mm -hmm. anymore. What are we doing over there? Like I just roll with it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that would probably put me off. I'd be like, wait, what am I doing? Who am I now? What? Yep. I might, I might have a, a little mini freak out. <laughs> so it's why we need different kinds of people in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So um, tell, tell us a little bit more about your camping critters. Um, so during 2020, I kind of realized that like the the trips I like to take, I'd been on a couple of cruises. I, I know people either love them or hate them. I love them. You get on a boat, you wake up in a new place every day and it's great. Uh, that kind of stuff was not probably going to be a thing for a while, if ever again. So what is going to be like the new way? Because working at the hospital, I'm like, I have to do something. A lot of other people, you know, are joking about like, oh, I don't even know what day it is and where my pants are. You know, I'm getting up and going to work. Same as always every single day. So I'm like, I need a release. I need a vacation. I need to do something. I was talking to people about going camping at the time my son was three and we'd been camping every year since he was little. Yeah. And people were always like, well, how do you go camping with a kid? Well, how do you, how do you do that? How did you bring him when he was eight months old? And I'm like, you just pack the car and you go. <laughs> so I kind of thought like camping is going to be our jam because it's still a vacation. It's still out doing something, but it's not like super peopley and packed into a resort or yes. whatever. And with those people asking me questions like, how do you do it? How do you do it? I was like, well, you just, you just go. I don't know. How is this? How do you not get it? And then I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't get it. But there could be a thing. I mean, it's part of 
why I like being a nurse, teaching people, educating people on stuff, you know, tips and tricks of ways I've learned to do things. And so I thought, okay, I could start a website. It's a way to kind of work from home. If it takes off, I could reduce my shifts at the hospital, which at that point I wanted like more than anything. And, um, so yeah, it just kind of spiraled from there. Several years ago, I did have a blog about ADHD that, um, surprise, surprise, I didn't keep up with. And I eventually canceled that, but I had a lot of people liked my writing style and told me it was very helpful and informative. So I thought, okay, okay, this camping thing might have a broader appeal and, um, I can help a lot of people who are looking for a way to get out with their families and do something. And so many people are like, oh, I've been camping, but like, I haven't gone camping with kids. I wouldn't even know where to start. I was like, well, here, I'll just make you a list of the stuff I bring. And Mm -hmm. it kind of just spiraled from there. So yeah, from October, 2020 to now, it's uh, been going strong and getting more and more hits every month. And it's really exciting to see all the all the people that are benefiting and using my information and getting out there and having fun with their kids. That's awesome. I love camping. My husband hates it. I keep telling him, so we have a three-year-old grandson and I keep trying to get him to tell grandpa that he wants to go camping (laughs) because grandpa can't say no to him. Yeah, it's true. Hasn't worked yet, but I'm I'm still working on him. It's going to come. There's a lot of families I know where it's, it's like that one or the other just doesn't, want to go so yeah. i think that i go might with be, mom yeah I, yeah I that might be my mom. next chunk of articles is how to do it when you're the solo parent yeah that that would different. be a good idea yeah you're setting up a tent with another competent adult that's one thing if you know the six-year-old he and i can set up the tent um but when he was three like no it would have been all me and how do i keep him from like eating all of the sticks while i'm setting up the tent and yeah that that is very true he eats half the sticks i mean okay but like all of the sticks is not what we're aiming for exactly right you gotta leave some for nature right (laughs) that is awesome yeah i definitely think those would be another good set of articles to write for sure because yeah my mom loves to go camping so her and i we went a couple times actually now and we bring um my, I always say my youngest kid, but he's 16 now. So it's not really, it's not really that young. Um, but yeah, he, he usually comes with us and it's a great time. I, I don't know what my husband doesn't like about it. It's nature. He doesn't like nature. I think, I hmm. think he's, he's too much of a city boy. I feel like yeah. a lot of people don't want to sleep on the ground. Um, yes, I've gotten cots now. Cots are all right. Yeah, that's that's what we ended up doing when we started camping. I think it was in fourth grade and my mom, I don't know where she got this idea from, but uh, she and my sister and I were at Kmart and she saw this tent for $99 and she bought it. And at the time we were like, oh my gosh, you just spent $100. And we get <laughs> home and we set it up in the yard. My dad comes home and he goes, who's that for? Uh, us, we're going camping. Like, who's we? We're going camping. Why are we going camping? And we camped in the tent uh, for a bit, and we got cots. We learned a lot that summer uh, with uh, what to do and what not to do. I think the first night, my sister and I have slept on pool floaties, and it was like a rodeo trying to stay on <laughs> yeah. those. It didn't, uh, it didn't quite work, but we learned a lot and uh, had a lot of hilarious stories that we actually still talk about as a family. That's good. And then uh, it wasn't too long until my dad's like, if you want to keep doing this, we're getting a pop-up trailer. It's like, okay, well, I'm in on that totally. But My husband did brand. 
just recently say that having one of those mini he didn't say pop-up trailer because that's still work um but one of those like mini trailers where you don't have to pop it up but it's still like you got the bed you got the the little kitchenette yeah. it's just compact yeah the so teardrops are cool or even the little mini like you have a stove and a bed it's it's kind of yeah. like a hard-sided tent so yeah yeah exactly if there's bad weather you're doing great and you can cook inside we we look into those from time to time and it's like i just there's something about being in a tent though it just kind of calms everything down just kind of switches my brain off like oh, as long great. as I'm in the this. nature part yes. I'm okay it doesn't have to be the tent I just need the forest around me mm-hmm. yeah awesome so thank you so much for being on the show is there any last thoughts that you want to share um I guess my one thing that I tried to focus on on the ADHD blog is reminding people that it's not stupid if it works if you have to have to have five alarms to wake up in the morning, if that's what works, then do that. Don't just pretend you can suddenly wake up and be a person that has one alarm and gets up every time. Uh, when I'm cooking dinner and something's not quite done, I need to put it back in for just a minute. I have to set a timer for a literal minute. I do I too. Burn it. Totally do. And as much as, you know, I can hear my husband kind of like laughing because it's the thing that I do and he knows it and he knows that I need to do it he's the kind of person that doesn't have to do that kind of thing, but I will burn the cookies or the biscuits or whatever it is if I don't set that one minute timer. So it feels stupid, but I would rather feel stupid for the five seconds it takes me to set the timer than feel stupid all the way through dinner because we don't have biscuits because they are hockey pucks and in the garbage. So just kind of get over yourself a little bit and do the things you need to do and use the hacks you need to do and do whatever it takes for you and not what works for everybody else. Cause that's, that's I mean, there is them. not everybody else. Everybody is completely different. So decide what works for you and do that. I love that. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And of course, everybody, be sure to go and uh, check out the website. Uh, The link is going to be down below in the description. If you have not already hit that like and subscribe button, do it because you should have already by now. Um, Make sure you do it. Also, go ahead and check out our merch store. 10% of the proceeds goes back to the Canadian Mental Health Association. And tune in tomorrow morning at... What is that? 9.30, I believe. 9.30 for the Write or Die show. And I'll see everybody tomorrow.